Greetings. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another T.O.P. Today is Tuesday, and we've got the Chicago White Sox over here. We're talking about them today and their outlook for the 2024 season. Last year, they were 61-101. and 101. Uh, very close there. They finished fourth in the AL Central, 13th in the AL, and 27th in the MLB. Uh, they're going to end up falling down a spot. They'll have the fifth round pick. And uh, we look at their stats from last year. They were 26th in runs allowed, uh, 26th in ERA, and 29th in runs for an offensive team that wasn't very <laughs> offensive. They made a lot of switches this offseason. Starting off, they're adding catcher Martin Maldonado. They acquire Tim Hill. They acquire Paul DeYoung. Eric Fetty, remember that name? He's back from the KBO, signs with the White Sox. Max Stassi, they got from a trade. Mike Soroka, or should I say Michael Soroka, as he's now going by. Uh, they acquire him in a trade. Nicky Lopez, Crix Flexen, uh, Dominic Fletcher, they got in a trade. And then a couple of minor league deals from guys you know. Brett Phillips, Mike Moustakis, Corey Kniebel, Jesse Chavez, Dominic Leon, Kevin Pillar, and Danny Mendick. So quite the list of guys uh, fighting for spots this spring training. That's because they've got holes to fill because they lost some guys. Aaron Bummer is out of the picture. He's on to new things there. Yasmani Grandal, he's heading to the White Sox. Excuse me. <laughs> he was in the White Sox. He's heading to the Pirates uh, is what I meant to say there. Elvis Andrus, Liam Hendricks, longtime closer. He's out the door. Mike Clevenger, Tim Anderson, uh, Kian Middleton, and uh, Gregory Santos they sent away in a trade as well. Well, so some moving parts there for the White Sox. Um, take a look at that rotation. Of course, as of recording, Dylan Cease still not traded, still a Chicago White Sox. Uh, expect that to happen at some point. Uh, obviously, the White Sox are hoping uh, they have to use him and start with him this year that uh, they can maybe flip him at the deadline if he's pitching well. Of course, he still has a year on his contract, so they don't need to be too AC, but uh, the White Sox will not be good. Uh, coming in that number two slot, Eric Fetty, Michael Kopech from the three, Michael Soroka at four, and then right now, Fangraphs has Chris Flexen listed as the five guy. Uh, the ball pin... Uh, nothing special, nothing crazy. Uh, without Liam Hendricks now, the closing job goes to John Brebia uh, as of now. They have guys there, Jimmy Lambert, Tim Hill, Davey Garcia from the Yankees. Some of you might remember him. Tuki Toussaint is still around pitching it. Uh, and then, of course, Garrett Crochet is, uh, you know, the hopeful piece there. There was some news that they're going to try to maybe convert him into a starter this year as well. So we'll have to see how he does. And then right now, Fangrass has two non-roster invites. Jesse Chavez and Brian Shaw listed as well. Taking a look at that lineup, it's guys you know and guys you they just got. Uh, leading it off, Andrew Benintendi playing left field. Batting second, first baseman Andrew Vaughn. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. in center field. That's the main state, the guy you should know. Yoan Moncada in the four hole at third base. Eloy Jimenez, the DH. Dominic Fletcher in right field, Paul DeYoung, the shortstop, Nicky Lopez at second base, and then Martin Maldonado batting ninth. The projected bench right now is Max Stassi as that backup catcher. Gavin Sheets 
what kind of a year can he have? And then right now it's filled up with two non-roster inv- invitee guys, Danny Mendick and Kevin Pillar, the two expected to break with the team, according to Fangraphs. This is a White Sox team that is, uh, you know, obviously we can go. Everyone's got major league talent. You know, we're working on working our way from the bottom to the top. There are guys here, Luis Robert Jr., one of MLB's best players right now. Um, <laughs> you know, he's he's batting third. He's going to be on this White Sox team. And, you know, there are guys you know. There are guys that, you know, are new. Like I said, Dominic Fletcher came over from Arizona. Paul DeYoung, kind of a replacement uh, or a, a holding piece for now. Because, of course, the White Sox top prospect, Colson Montgomery, shortstop, uh, he's expected to debut at some point next year. Maybe he'll get called up uh, September of this year. And uh, he's supposed to be a big splash into the White Sox future. So, you know, DeYoung, you know, he signed a one-year deal. He's only going to be here one year. If we take a look at uh, the White Sox free agents for next year, they have a couple of names to note here. Uh, Some of the ones that they signed this year for one-year deals, Tim Hill, Paul DeYoung, Chris Flexen. uh, Michael Soroka will be a free agent as well. You know, spent a lot of his time... um, injured but uh he has made up his uh five years of service time so he will be a free agent as well and they have a couple of club options here martin maldonado and max stassi both with club options um i expect to take one of them they do have a catcher in their prospect system Corey lee uh, a guy that i heard of when he was with houston he is now a white sock uh i like him a lot so hopefully Corey lee has uh, a chance to come up and and have some good moments there um also on a club option, Eloy Jimenez. That's a big one and an interesting one to watch. Um, John Brebia, who is expected to be the closer. He has a mutual option, so he could be a free agent as well. And then Yuan Moncada is definitely the one I want to start here with and start talking about because he has a club option for $25 million. And if we look at Yuan Moncada's numbers, they don't speak $25 million. Last year, he was hurt, spent some time uh, recovering from that. He only played 92 games. In those games, 87 hits, uh, 11 home runs, 40 ribbies, a 260 batting average, and a 730 OPS. Definitely not uh, $25 million worth. He was good. You know, he, he came up with Boston at the age of 21, played eight games, and then got traded to the White Sox. Uh, where he, in 2017 played 54 games was good. Uh, 2018 he led the league in strikeouts, uh, but then 2019 he had a phenomenal year. Had 161 hits, 25 home runs, 79 ribbies, and 915 OPS. That's where he got the deal, I believe. Uh, and since then he has been not himself. 2021 wasn't a bad year, a 787 OPS with 137 hits. Uh, 2022, down year for all White Sox players. He had a 626 OPS in 104 games. He was struggling mightily and last year dealing with injuries, but was playing decently. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But is he worth the $25 million for his club option? My guess is no. Now, don't get me wrong. There are players, when you look at the 2024 you know, salary rankings, there are players above <laughs> Yoan Moncana that don't deserve the money. 
aka Javi Baez making 25 mil not worthy. Carlos Rodon, so far with the Yankees, he hasn't been worth his 27 mil uh, a year. Uh, John Carlos Stanton at 32, and Carlos Correa at 33, and of course, Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin, the national deals. Yikes, especially Patrick Corbin. Uh, Anthony Rendon, the sixth highest played player right now. Is he worth the money? He's not acting like it. Uh, but there are guys who are paying, who are being paid less than Yoma Kata, who are definitely worth more than him. Aaron Nola, George Springer, Luis Castillo, Kevin Gosman, JT Romuto, Zach Wheeler, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Peter Alonzo, Joe Musgrove. That's just a small list of guys who I think uh, are worth more than Yoma Kata. Third base is a very deep position. There will be some good free agent third basemans available. Uh, but the White Sox aren't going to be good. I don't think they need to pay in this money. So I definitely don't think Yoan Moncada will be around much longer. Uh, a guy who probably will be for a little bit more is uh, Luis Robert Jr., the star of the White Sox um, team. He's got... Uh, couple years of uh, contract left on him. He's a very good player. He is essentially the next Mike Trout. That's what he was being called when he was coming up in the league. And uh, so far, he's had some ups and downs, but it's mostly been ups. An all-star, a silver slugger, and a gold glove. Um, he finished second in Rookie of Year voting in COVID year in 2020, where he won his gold glove. And then last year, 2023, his best year and kind of the year he established himself into the majors. 145 games, the most he's played in a year. Had 144 hits, 38 home runs for the kid, 200 Nope, 264 batting average and an 857 OPS, an all-star, silver slugger, and finished 12th in MVP voting. A very good year for Luis Robert Jr. Those are some guys uh, to note in the batting categories, but I want to talk about some of these pitchers. And uh, let's start with Michael Soroka because I've mentioned him when the trade originally happened earlier in uh, the offseason. Michael Soroka... If he can get that 2019 form, an all-star, 6th in Cy Young, 2nd in Rookie of the Year, 29 games, 13-4 and four record, a 2.68 ERA. If he can get that back, Michael Soroka is going to be a great pitcher. 2020, obviously COVID year. That's where all the injuries started. He missed 2021 and 2022 due to injuries. And last year, he was able to come back from said injuries, but it didn't last long. And when he was playing, it wasn't great. He made seven games or played seven games uh, with a 6.4 ERA and a 2-2 two and two record. Um, you know, so hopefully a change of scenery will help him get back to form with uh, the White Sox where he was in 2019. Uh, I would not love nothing more for Michael Soroka to be the Michael Soroka of old. Um, another pitcher to talk about, of course, Dylan Cease, the star of the White Sox rotation. This guy is a is one of the best to do it right now, considering he hasn't had an all-star appearance. Uh, last year, he did struggle uh, beginning of the season, but he did turn it around towards the end. In 2022, he finished second in Cy Young voting, uh, a 14-8 and record and a 2.2 ERA. Very strong stuff there. Uh, last year, though, he made all 33 of his starts with a 4.58 ERA and a 7-9 and record. Of course, these are White Sox. This was a White Sox team that wasn't good. They had a lot of clubhouse issues uh, coming out throughout the season. Players just weren't performing, especially offensively. You know, the pitching was hit or miss, but when you've got guys who aren't, you know, stepping up to the plate, I mean, the offense as a whole was 
pretty pathetic last year from the White Sox. Dylan Cease, he has one more year left of arbitration. So obviously the White Sox, a lot of trade rumors circled him this offseason. As of recording this, he is still a Chicago White Sox. Um, I think their their hopes is that they get to move him at some point this season, whether it be at the deadline, even now before the season starts. But, uh, you know, it's been a weird offseason. You know, we still have guys like Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery still unsigned. So why lose your prospects and trade for Dylan Cease when you can lose some money and get a, a two-time Cy Young winner in Blake Snell or a, a pitcher who took his team to the World Series? Uh, it, it's a mystery to me. Um, and speaking of mysteries, another guy I want to talk about here quickly, Garrett Crochet. This guy got drafted in 2020, signed in 2020, and debuted in 2020. He immediately got the call um, with the White Sox, and he was very good in five games and six innings where he struck out eight batters and didn't give up a single run, only gave up three hits. Uh, the following year, 2021, he was pretty good at 2.82 ERA uh, in 54 innings of work. And uh, 65 strikeouts. 2022, dealing with injuries, was not playing. And then 2023 was a rocky year for Garrett Crochet. He hit the IL three separate times last year uh, and missed just over half of the season, if not longer, uh, dealing with all three of those separate injuries. And uh, like I mentioned, I think at the beginning, Garrett Crochet, the White Sox are trying to possibly convert him into a starter that's what they want to do so we'll see how his spring training goes how he is but i remember when this guy came up 102 dotting pitches and uh you know we really haven't heard from him much since because of how little time he's played like i said last year three different il stints he only played in 13 games and a uh, had an innings pitch of 12.2 so he really wasn't around much the white Sox last year He's going to be 25 this year, and hopefully he uh, gets some more opportunities and stays healthy, whether it be from the bullpen or if the White Sox do convert him into that fifth starter um, and he uh, is there. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, One other guy I want to talk about, Eric Fetty. Some of you may remember him um, on the Nationals because he's been there from 2017 all the way to 2022, six years with the Nationals, where he was pretty bad uh his best year i guess would be 2020 which is covid year where he his era was 4.29 that was his best era 4.29 in his six-year career all with the nationals 21 and 33 record and a 5.41 era in 454 starts or innings pitch excuse me uh, so not great. No one really wanted him when he hit free agency last year. Uh, he ended up going to the KBO to the NC Dinos, where he was untouchable. How untouchable? Well, he was 20 and six with a record, a two ERA in 30 games. Um, of those 30 games he pitched, 21 were quality starts. Only gave up. 40 earned runs and nine home runs while striking out 209 bat uh 209 batters and you know if you're wondering okay well was that good or not he was the mvp in the kbo league he is the first uh american or first foreign pitcher in the kbo to catch the pitching triple crown he led the league strikeouts wins era everything he was electric and amazing uh in the kbo and he's coming back to the majors so I mean, 
you look at his major league career and it is bad, very bad. But you look at last year only in the KBO, he could be a very interesting player to watch this year for the White Sox. Definitely keep your eyes open when he's on the mound. He is expected to be uh, the second guy in that rotation. So, you know, who who is he going to be? You know, is he going to come back to the majors and, and get his stuff rocked like he was doing with the Nationals? Or is he going to come back and, and you know, whatever he, he figured it out in the KBO is going to be that. Is it going to be a Cy Young winner this year? Uh, because he was amazing in the KBO. So it's definitely a storyline to watch. Of course, he was with the Nationals uh, in his six years with the Major Leagues. The Braves and the Mets and the Phillies, you know, really good teams. You know, the AL Central, Twins, Tigers, Guardians, there's some talent, but they're not as good as the NL East. So maybe that will help out in, in Eric Fetty's favor. No matter how bad he plays, I think he'll have a sub 4.29 ERA. I think this is going to be his best season in the majors, hopefully. Uh, will it be on the same level as his KBO numbers? I highly doubt it, but uh, he's definitely a very interesting player uh, going into this season. Um, I've seen a lot of interesting things about him for fantasy even. You know, where does he rank in, in terms of some pitchers there? Uh, because obviously, you know, you go off KBO numbers very like you know it's what you want but you can't always trust that so you know keep your keep your eyes open when watching eric fetty especially during spring training uh he's definitely going to be a storyline uh for the 2024 season but as a whole going back to the white Sox, it's it's going to be one of those years where you're just trying out certain players you know you have some some young talent that you're kind of holding on to a little bit just so they don't stop their start their service time clock. That's why they got so many minor leaguers, you know? Like, I'm sorry, but if Mike Moustakis and Jesse Chavez and Kevin Pillar and Corey Kniebel, if these guys are coming out for the White Sox, that's going to be a fun watch. You know, you get to see some of these guys that, you know, have done it for so long. And if they can play a, even just slightly a little bit like their primes, you know, Mike Moustakis with the Royals, Corey Kniebel with the Brewers, Kevin Pillar with the Blue Jays. If you just have a little bit of that, you know, Brett Phillips magic with the Rays, uh, you're talking about a possibly fun watch, you know, and I think for the White Sox fans, you, you're you kind of just hoping for the best out of your players. You know, if if Corey Lee comes up as a catcher, you know, does he get some opportunity? Is he going to play well? How good can Gavin Sheets be? You know, it, it's slightly different. You lost Tim Anderson. You lost Yasmani Grandal, Liam Hendricks. Like, those are some of your guys who, for the White Sox, have been the mainstays. You know, the ballpen in my opinion, got worse. You know, Paul DeYoung is a replacement shortstop. He'll, he'll hold the position for the year, maybe. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, you know, 26-year-old. Uh, you know, how much can how much can he bat? You know, he was probably one of the better players uh, after Robert Jr. last year. And how good can Eloy be? Can Yoan Moncada, like, prove that he is a top third baseman and, and is worth $25 million? Is Yoan Moncada going to have that breakout year of, you know, 35 home runs? You know, no, that's not going to be the case. But how good can you get these guys? You know, Andrew Benintendi as well. Um, yeah, it's just a bunch of storylines. You know, can Michael Soroka find the Braves, for, uh, his old Brave, you know, years? Can Eric Fetty be be that guy? Can Michael Kopech and, and Garrett Crochet, two pitchers, we kept hearing about these flamethrowing, like, amazing pitchers. Can they figure it out? Can they stay healthy? Uh, all those are the big things for the White Sox that 
I, I'm just not 100% sold on, and that's why I think they're going to be uh, a, a poor team in 2024. I think they're going to finish fifth in the division. And, uh, you know, I think other people would agree with that statement. It's not... It's not going to be a great year for White Sox, but it could be fun if, like I said, some of those players, Michael Soroka, Eric Freddy, if some of them are, are going, Garrett Crochet, it could be a fun year for the White Sox. The FanDuel has the over-under at 63.5. Uh, last year, they were 61 and 101. Do I think they're going to win 64 games? You know, this is the first one where it's actually maybe the White Sox can get, you know, 65, 66 wins, uh, depending on how the Guardians play, depending on how the Twins go. Um, It's kind of tricky. I'm looking at this lineup and I'm looking at, you know, like if everyone's going, if Dylan C stays for the whole year, if Eric Fetty, you know, plays like his KBO numbers, like you could talk me into a high, like a good a good White Sox team, or at least, like, above 64 wins. But, like, obviously I'm doing these in order, like, the way these are being sent out, I'm doing these orders. I've only done so far Oakland and Colorado. Um, But maybe I get to the Guardians, and I just don't like what they have there. I think for now, I might change this when I get to the Guardians, when I get to the Twins. For now, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under on the White Sox uh, for less than 63 wins. But uh, if we get to the Guardians, if we get to the Twins, and I, I'm looking through these teams, and I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come back and I'll change uh, I'll change the White Sox one. But um, for now, I will stick with the under. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to another T.O.P. Uh, This is the first one today, so expect one more. uh, If not already out now, then very shortly. Uh, Thank you, everybody, so, so, so much. And I will see you guys uh, next time. 